Just run the ball with Cam Opachowski. What's up, everyone? We're doing another running back episode. This is going to be the last one for running backs that me and Tom Hines do. We got a bunch of guys that are going to be on our flex radar. Definitely have some running back to upside, but we'll go over these guys. So just to start off, we have James Conner, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Ronald Jones, and James Robinson. So these guys all had a bunch of different seasons. Uh, we're going to start off with James Robinson. He was very good last year. He ended the year as uh, one of the better running backs in the league. And it's it's going to be different this year. They The Jaguars drafted Travis Etienne. So this was kind of a confusing move by some people definitely because Robinson like I said great running back ended at with the PRK seven top 10 running back that you probably got off waivers if you had him he wasn't really drafted in a ton of leagues so James Robinson great year PRK seven running back but the Jags add one of the you know best projected running backs in this draft class Tom Hines thoughts on James Robinson PRK seven year last year, where do you have him next year with Travis Etienne on the team? Uh, so I, I do like James Robinson. Um, and uh, I know that there's a lot of controversy when the Jags drafted Etienne um, because they had a good running back that they could have got for cheap. Um, but they instead decided to waste one of the, well, not waste, I suppose, but spend one of their draft picks on another running back. I personally think they wasted it. Mm -hmm. um, I know some people kind of disagree, but <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I see James Robinson having the starting job for the first couple of weeks. Um, he's, I don't foresee him repeating his last year's numbers. He had like over a thousand yards, um, and then almost 50 catches and almost 400 yards receiving. I don't see that happening again. Mm -hmm. Um, cause when he got these numbers, he was the only like skilled player in the backfield. And then you have this new guy coming in ETN um, and he's projected almost the same that um, James Robinson is. So if we pull up the numbers here for ESPN, they're projecting ETN to have 636 yards and James Robinson to have 679. Mm -hmm. um, and then for receiving yards, they project ETN to have 461 and they only project 331 for James Robinson. Um, so I think that James Robinson is a risky move. Um, I would personally take him as a, a bench running back. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say RB2 or flex, but he does have high upside. If ETN ends up not being a great player um, and they end up benching him, then James Robinson can come back in and take that lead role. Um, but unfortunately, because ETN is a rookie, you really have no idea. I mean, he could explode and then James Robinson's value is going to be worthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think like the Jags, obviously they're not a great team. They have uh, Trevor Lawrence coming in, which could make a difference in the offense. But, 
And you think about like James Robinson had a really good year when Fournette was there. He was he was really good too, but they they really didn't have anyone behind them. Yeah, and um, I know that um, I, I don't think the coaches for Jacksonville have actually established that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of dumb to. I, I don't know why they, I don't know why they're doing that. Like they're not going to start Minshew. I know. So um, if I, th- I think that if um, Trevor Lawrence starts, then Robinson and Etienne's value is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, but since the Jags have been so reluctant to admit that Trevor Lawrence is going to take the starting position, um, it kind of puts a little bit of shadow over their drafting positions. Um, mm-hmm. So right now we have to, kind of, I guess, assume that Minshew is the starter. Um, but if they end up announcing that, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to start. I'd say that moves him up a, a full round, in my opinion, mm-hmm. each of them. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that Trevor Lawrence can bring the explosiveness to the offense that they need. Because looking back at the last year, uh, Robinson finished with only seven touchdowns. And on a thousand-yard year, I mean, that's that's a relatively low amount of touchdowns just because mm-hmm. the offense couldn't really get anything going um, in the red zone. Yeah. So yeah. if they could get that figured out, then that would be a huge upside. Yeah. Another guy that was really good and had standalone value last year, Kareem Hunt. He is obviously on the lower end of, um, you know, the stick with Nick Chubb in front of him. Obviously, Nick Chubb is their go-to guy, but Kareem Hunt has shown that he can still be relevant. He was actually the PRK 10 PPR um, rankings. And I say PPR because of his receiving and he's, He's always been a good receiving back, but I think with Nick Chubb rushing the ball so much, he's really carved out that role. Um, you know, he he had 304 receiving yards. That's uh, that's third out of these guys. Chase Edmonds in first with 402. Chase Edmonds really didn't run the ball, though, and when it comes down to it, um, Kareem Hunt had over 1,000 yards, 1,145 yards last year, so he was still very relevant. PRK 10 and the the Browns are getting better too. They've been getting better. They should be better next year. And so Kareem Hunt, same thing. I don't know if he'll be a top 10 tight end because obviously Chubb missed some time. What do you think of Kareem Hunt? Where would you draft him with this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I think Kareem Hunt is a strong flex option um, because – Uh, So I was looking back at the stats. So Nick Chubb uh, obviously missed a lot of time last season. Uh, He was out from the beginning of week four up until their week nine bye. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Kareem Hunt's numbers for those weeks, um, he he put up 19 week four, 18 week five, seven week six, 19 week seven, and then nine week eight, Um, which are, are good numbers sometimes, but he's not really getting the consistency that you want. And the interesting thing is if you actually look at weeks one through three, um, he put up 12, 24 and 14 with Chubb playing actively. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely an interesting dynamic where um, it's kind of hard to tell how they get their points. Usually, usually the, uh, the, they seem to get their points when the Browns do really well, um, because if they're doing well, uh, Chubb is going to get all the ground, but Chubb doesn't really get any of those passes, like you said. So Kareem Hunt still has tons of value, especially surprisingly in the red zone. Um, Cause uh, last year for me, I had Chubb on my fantasy roster and I couldn't tell you how many times 
um, they were on the goal line and they'd end up running a screen pass to Hunt yeah. instead of Chubb. And I was yep. furious. Um, so he still gets those touches. He still gets the touchdowns. Um, so I like him as a strong flex option. Yeah. So about those touchdowns, it's pretty interesting. You wouldn't think about it, but they were very close. Obviously Chubb missed some time, but you know, he is that first three down back. Um, and he had 13 touchdowns last year. Kareem Hunt had 11. So he was actually really close. Obviously, they they do have that different play style. And uh, five of his touchdowns were receiving. So like you said, he, he was getting those receiving touchdowns, you know, taking those away from Chubb. But um, I, I do think it's interesting where you take Chubb away and like his numbers are good. You know, those 18s and 19s are good but um, he's still not really going off. So I feel like he's, he's a very safe option where he has a high floor, low ceiling. Well, I would say medium floor, low ceiling. Like he's not really going to explode, but he, you know, he's, he's pretty good. Um, And, you know, he's based on last season, he averaged 13 points a game and that, you know, that that's flex numbers. That's, that's pretty solid out of these guys. Um, only James Robinson at more 17.5. And like we talked about before, pretty much only guy there. So uh, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. I, I think we can definitely agree. One of the better guys out of this. Uh, but I want to talk a little more about backfield, you know, kind of crowded backfields. And one that I think is interesting is Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Fournette just came last year. And that is when Ronald Jones actually started playing well. He hasn't really played that well. Started playing well, Fournette's there. Now they're splitting time. I personally like Fournette a little bit more than Jones. I know for fantasy purposes, Jones was a little better. He was averaging 13 points last year, and Fournette was averaging 11. Obviously, Fournette wasn't on the team as long as Jones, but I think this is an interesting one where I don't know if you have a preference of one over the other or if you're just kind of steering clear of these guys because it's kind of hard to predict. Yeah, uh, I if I had to choose one over the other, I would choose uh, probably Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette, um, but I still wouldn't want them on my team. Um, mm-hmm. This is not one of those offenses uh, similar to the Browns where you have two good running backs, but they're a run first team, so you're, they're still getting the volume that you need uh, with two good running backs. The Bucks uh, haven't don't really have that same dynamic that the uh, Browns do. And if you look, uh, Ronald Jones almost broke a thousand yards rushing um, last season, and Fournette was on was around four hundred. But where Fournette edged out, um, Ronald Jones is in the receiving uh, category. Uh, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones only got one sixty five, whereas um, Leonard Fournette got two thirty three. So he, it kind of seems like Leonard Fournette's taking more of that receiving back um, role. And for in a PPR league, that would be really nice. Um, but I still think Ronald Jones has a slight edge on him uh, just because the amount uh, of they, they use Ronald Jones a lot more. He had almost 200 carries compared to uh, Leonard Fournette's 97. So um, I personally like Ronald Jones. I think he's going to have another breakout year, especially with Tom Brady being uh, great at controlling the ball um, and making those audibles and stuff. So I think that Ronald Jones is going to have a good year. And that's not to say that uh, Leonard Fournette's going to have a bad year. I still think he's going to do pretty well. I think around what he did last season, um, which wasn't terrible. I, um, 
I think he had, let's see here. How many total points did he have here? Uh, 132 total points. So that's not terrible. Um, rank 35 is pretty low, but um, for if you, if you have like an injury or a bye week, he's not a bad option. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have one of these guys and they're both playing no injuries or anything, would you start one of them? Uh, depending on the situation, I think I'd start Ronald Jones as a, mm-hmm. uh, a low RB2 or high flex option. Yeah. Um, I know it's kind of risky because if it just so happens that when the Fournette has a good game, then it'd be unfortunate. I know he, uh, Ronald Jones did have some weeks where it just nothing went on. He had a nine point week, a six point week, a four point week, and a three point week. Yeah, that's um, not good. Which is, yeah, definitely not great. But all the other weeks he had were over 10. So I'd say he's a safe flex option. Mm-hmm. Um, finished in uh, position rank 20, which if you're in a 10 man league, that's uh, bottom RB2 tier. Yep. Um, which is pretty good. So I'm, I definitely like him as a flex option or um, a low RB2. Yeah. And I, I think I, I, I agree. I still think I like Fournette a little bit just because I think Jones had been on the team longer. I know obviously you bring in Brady, it's differently, but I think Fournette kind of came in a little later on. And then we saw him really make some moves in the playoffs and like we said before, it's not a super run heavy team, but I thought he kind of emerged a little bit where you're not going to see in those regular season stats. But that's that's why the playoffs are interesting, because sometimes people play really well during the season, play bad in the playoffs or vice versa. So it it'll be interesting to see if he keeps that up or if he kind of falls back to the position he was in last year. You know, I'd say maybe a 60 40 split favoring Ronald Jones. Uh, so I, I think that'll be an interesting one to watch, but I, I don't know if I would start one. I'm, I, I would say for a good matchup, just because I think it's such a high scoring offense, but um, you know, this, this is another one that I think is similar. You have Chase Edmonds and James Connor are now on the same team. Basically Kenyon Drake, who we will also talk about was switched out for James Connor. James Conner comes in, you know, he's been as good as an RB1 to as bad as an RB3 or 4. Uh, do you do you kind of see a bounce back season for James Robinson? I mean, he had some real ups and downs, you know, a bunch of – he had two 20-point games, and then he had three games where he had four points or less. So where are you kind of ranking Robinson, and what do you think of Chase Edmonds affecting his value? Uh, talking about Connor, right? It's saying Robinson over there. Um, oh, I say Rob. Oh, James, yeah. <laughs> J- James Connor, and um, and Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I definitely like James Connor here. Um, to me, he seems like the clear starter. Um, I did some more research into it after our last uh, uh podcast episode, mm-hmm. and I think I'm now more firm on Connor than I was t- uh at the beginning. Sure. And the reason that I have that thought is because um, James Conner, when he's healthy, is a very strong running back. Um, and last year, Kenyon Drake was able to put up decent numbers with Chase Edmonds in the backfield. He wasn't putting up first round draft uh, numbers because I know in a lot of leagues he went in the first round or early second. Um, but he still put up pretty good numbers. So I can definitely see him. Uh, I can definitely see James Conner um, having another good season as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, I, I like him. I, I think the Steelers were 
not great last year. Uh, obviously, they started they started really strong, but you know they they were ten and zero or whatever. But then they just they really fell apart, and that offensive line was terrible. Like they were they were just so bad, and that's been one of the better ones, uh, better offensive lines. But I really like him on the Cardinals. I think he has a lot of potential, and the Cardinals are kind of. You know, the Steelers, I know they have some young receivers, but with Big Ben, some older older guys that have been there for a while kind of on their way out, it's a it's a much different dynamic than the Cardinals where they have Hopkins and Kyler Murray who are both, you know, very good players. That's one of the best uh, quarterback wide receiver duos. And I think it really depends on Kyler Murray because, you know, he's he started the season and he was scoring – 25 points a game pretty much but towards the end of the season he was around the teens he even had games with eight points and four points so he obviously had that injury that kind of impeded him you could see it when he played he was rushing a ton and then his rushing attempts went down you know he was running the ball eight to ten times a game and later in the season it was closer to five or six times so I think up-and-coming team, James Conner has a lot of value here, but I do really like Chase Edmonds because I think he has a lot of PPR value, and that's something where I kind of see him in the Kareem Hunt role. I'm not saying he's as good as Kareem Hunt, but you know he, he was averaging 53 yards a game. I know those numbers are a little skewed because when Kenyon Drake was out, he had much better games, and when Kenyon Drake played, you know he had some games where he only had two carries or so. So the numbers aren't great because of that but I think Chase Edmonds could give you flex value some weeks and I would say James Conner could give you up to RB2 numbers yeah I definitely agree with that um I, I'm actually having some major computer issues right now I can't actually see any more stats I don't know what happened oh really okay well yeah. uh, I'll, I'll start <laughs> I'll start with another one so um right. next so next one these these two um you know, we I think we could kind of put into one, but Melvin Gordon and Raheem Mostert are in two very, very similar spots where it's kind of make or break seasons for them. Melvin obviously uh, decided to go from the Chargers to the Broncos. Probably not the best decision ever, but hey, whatever. I mean, he's he's there again. So he had a decent season last year and. He's got Javante Williams, who they drafted, coming up behind him. Raheem Mostert has Trey Sermon, and I think these are guys there. When they're good or when they're healthy, they're good, but they've they've both had a lot of injury problems. Raheem Mostert, obviously, on San Francisco, they really like to do committee backfield. So mm -hmm. I personally like Gordon a little bit over Raheem Mostert just because I think I think Trey Sermon has a decent chance to maybe not surpass Raheem Mostert, but I think we've seen San Francisco do the committee backfield in the past. And to me, it just seems like that's going to happen again, especially this guy has had a ton of injuries. If he goes down, there is a real possible chance Trey Sermon, if he plays well, just takes over that starting spot too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I would I would be shocked if Raheem Mostert made it through the entire season without missing at least a few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, the guy seems like he's getting an injury on every third play. Yep. Um, 
so which is bad for fantasy owners that have him but if you get trey kind of, you can get him kind of down low and just kind of cross your fingers and hope that um raheem Mostert ends up injuring himself in which case you're getting a, a low draft pick uh, running back that has a massive upside um mm-hmm. it just you're basically gambling to see if raheem Mostert's going to make it through the season or not essentially it was what it boils down to because well, he played he played eight games but th- like this is how it went he played two games then he was out for three he played two games, then he was out for five. Then he played four games, and he was out for three. Like, it's it, – you, ju- you just can't – try. and the problem with this, it's not even like, hey, you know, he missed – he played the first eight games and then missed the next eight. Like, this this guy, if you are if you have him in your starting lineup and he gets injured during the, during the game, that's three different times this season you've had him in your lineup and he gets injured and leaves the game. Like, that sucks. If you if you're if you're doing that, you know that's that's three weeks where you're getting not a full game out of this guy. So to me, it's just not really someone you can trust in your lineup if he keeps getting injured, and especially with this guy behind him. I would put Melvin in my flex. I think Melvin could do well, but I'm not I'm not super high on Raheem Mostert. I think he could start the season really strong, but I don't know if I see him in the starting position after. Um, you know, maybe Trey Sermon won't do that well, but. I think there's a lot of potential there with that revolving backfield that makes me nervous. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen it happen uh, last season, the season before when that backfield gets going, they're almost impossible to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so such a, it's it, such a run heavy team. Exactly. I, I think there was one game where Grappolo threw what, like six passes, seven passes yeah. the entire yeah. game. Well, they, they just ride the hot hand and it's like, if, if Trey Sermon is a hot hand, more times than Raheem Mostert, that's who they're going to go to. I think I think they could have very similar value, but I would I would see Raheem Mostert starting strong and then Trey Sermon eating into his minutes. And by the end of the year, I think I I might even prefer Trey Sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, healthy if they're both healthy, it's a tough call. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're you think you're right with uh, at the beginning of the season, Raheem Mostert definitely holds the edge. Um, but I would not, I wouldn't, I don't have the confidence in Raheem Mostert to draft him. I mean, maybe if he gets through this season, uh, injury free, he would yep. move up for me on the next year's draft. And I would say, oh, well, he proved that he can go through a full season without injuring himself. Um, but until that happens, I'm, I'm out on Raheem Mostert. Uh, I'd yep. rather take uh, a guy around that, around that area that has maybe less value and, and is not as good of a running back, but just to get that consistency of having a guy that's going to be on the field all game, every game, mm-hmm. I value that more over gambling as, Oh, well, I'm going to start this guy on my flex. I mean, he might get four points and then get injured in the first quarter and be out the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And then I locked up my flex with four points versus a guy that I can say, well, he's going to get me around 10 points, but I know that he's going to be in there the whole game. So I have that chance for the touchdown. I have the chance for some big plays. And I would prefer a guy like that over a guy like most where if it goes well, it goes really well. But um, as we said before, if he gets injured, it's a, it's a bust. So, yeah. Well, I think the touchdowns are big too, because obviously that's a run heavy team, but most only had two touchdowns in, you know, those eight games he played, whereas Melvin ended the season with 10 touchdowns. And especially when you're going for guys that are kind of towards the end, like if you're going to, if you're going to have someone that can score 10 touchdowns a season, that's pretty good for someone that's going to, you know, be drafted in probably the seventh or eighth round, 10 touchdowns is, is really good. And obviously 
Melvin might have a little more competition, but the fact that Raheem Mostert only got two touchdowns in um, those eight games, I think is, is a little concerning. So that's, that's definitely not something I love about him. Um, actually, sorry. He had, he had a receiving touchdown too. So he had three total touchdowns, but you know, not, not great there. And if you can get someone at this point, that's going to score the ball, that's pretty good for value. So uh, then definitely going to end this with Kenyon Drake. I know we touched upon this last week when we talked about Josh Jacobs, but how do you feel about Kenyon Drake's standalone value when he is on the Raiders now? Obviously, Josh Jacobs is going to be their go-to guy, but what kind of value do you think Kenyon Drake has the potential for? Uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, it's definitely a tough call. I definitely think Josh Jacobs is going to start. Um, and I, I think he's better than Kenyon Drake, but not much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going for a guy like Kenyon Drake, uh, you're hoping for like a couple things. One, you're hoping for obviously a Josh Jacobs injury, unless you have both of them, in which case you probably don't want that. Um, or you're hoping for, um, uh, Drake to have more of the goal line, uh, touches because, um, if you, if you have a split backfield, those goal line touches are going to be make or break, uh, cause the touchdown six points. I mean, it doesn't really matter if the other running back gets you down 40, 50 yards, as long as you get that touchdown in the end, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to make up for it. And Drake kind of Drake's one of those guys that I can see getting some goal line touches over Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's going to be the deciding factor for Kenny Drake's value is if he gets those goal line touches or not. Um, yeah, I would I would stash him on my bench for sure. I don't know if I would start him any weeks that Josh Jacobs is playing, but I, you know, Oakland's actually surprisingly has ran the ball a decent amount because besides Darren Waller, they haven't really had a consistent wide receiver. I mean, they had Antonio Brown for about two weeks on the team that never even played, um, and Henry Ruggs had a lot of hype around him last year, and he was extremely inconsistent, and I think. Josh Jacobs has he's been a little streaky but he's a lot more consistent than any wide receiver they have so I think if he's there Kenyon Drake obviously his value is a lot lower but um I would stash him on my bench I think he's someone that I would take over you know probably some waiver wire guys so I I would put him there I don't know about you if you would start him uh I, I wouldn't I wouldn't start Drake at the beginning of the season, but if it's like three, four games in, he's really proving that he has a significant role in the offense. And I would definitely start him in the flex. Yeah. I I think all these guys kind of have that value where they could make it, but just before uh, we wrap this up, give me two guys, two guys you really like two guys you don't like. I'll start off. I, out of this group, Mine's pretty close. I like James Conner and Kareem Hunt. Those are probably my two favorites. I do like James Robinson. Obviously, he played really well last year, but I think Conner and Hunt, their roles are a little more carved out. I know Conner just got to the Cardinals, but Chase Edmonds doesn't really run the ball that much, so I think Conner's going to take that. And obviously, Kareem Hunt has pretty good standalone value. Um, two guys I don't really love. I said this before, Ricky Mostert and – Maybe I'd probably go Fournette or Jones. I just – I don't really love those guys. I think they could be good, but they kind of ride the hot hand too. So uh, – but what what about you? Who are two guys you really like and two guys you're not huge on? 
Uh, I'm right there with you. I think your picks would be the exact same as mine. Um, I definitely mm-hmm. have Kareem Hunt being the top guy out of yep. this group. Um, I have slight concerns about James Conner, healthy James Conner. I'm taking him on the top. Yep. Um, but since those, he is a little, it is a little questionable. Um, he kind of moves down. So that's why he's my number two, but he's definitely uh, my number two guy. Uh, my least favorite right now has to be NTN. Just, there's just too much. Uh, this is, I don't know what the Jags are doing with their um, offense. It's too much up in the air. The coach doesn't want to lock anything down yet. Yep. So I want to kind of stay away from him and maybe stay away from Robinson a little bit as well. Um, just until, uh, we get a, a solid understanding of what's going on in that offense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So heard it here first, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, expecting big seasons, but we'll see. Kareem Hunt has obviously been on the Browns. James Conner is going to a new team, so I think it'll be interesting to see. But this will wrap up the running backs episodes. Definitely going to revisit some of these guys probably later this summer and definitely when the season starts we'll probably move on to wide receivers next because that's another huge group for fantasy obviously right up there with the running backs for having importance on your team so this was rb3 zone we got guys that could go up to rb2s some guys we would stash on our benches but not start but let us know what you think if uh, we have any hot takes or cold takes or anything in between but Thank you, Tom Hines. This was another good one. And uh, we'll be on next for wide receivers. Wide receivers, cheese.